What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America, and today I'm going to play some fun clips. Uh, lots been going on. Uh, fun clips. Boy, do I have some fun clips for you today. People are getting smart. People are losing their marbles. Uh, it's a very interesting, entertaining time to be alive here in the 21st century world. And the first clip I want to play for you guys is going to kind of set the stage for what I want to talk about today. So back in 1976, a movie came out that was called Network. And it won a bunch of awards, had some uh, famous actors uh, and actresses in it. And here I'm just going to read this little excerpt I have about the movie. And then I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to play a clip from it because uh, it is very... It's a very good example. It's a very good um, illustration of one of my always consistent themes and points here on the show about the media. And last episode, me and Sam Winchester talked about how effective uh, the propaganda and the media manipulation is. He talked about Edward Bernays. Uh, we've been talking about it at length. Uh, we talked about 1984. And... If you really want a good representation in movie form of the stuff that I talk about on my show and that Sam uh, talks about on his show occasionally, V for Vendetta, great movie. Uh, the movie Wag the Dog, I've been talking about that movie lately where they create a fictitious war through the media and sell it to the people. And then this movie is also up in that category of must-see movies if you want to understand uh, the stuff I'm talking about on my show, people. Network. Network came out in 1976. It's an American satirical comedy drama film written by Patty Chayefsky and directed by Sidney Lumet about a fictional television network, UBS, and its struggle with poor ratings. The film stars are Faye Dunaway, William Holden, Peter Finch, Robert Duvall, Wesley Addy, Ned Beatty, and Beatrice Strait. Network received widespread critical acclaim with part uh, particular praise for its individual performances. The film was a commercial success nominated for 10 Oscars at the 49th Annual Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor Finch, Best Actress Dunaway, Best Supporting Actress uh, Beatrice Strait, and Best Original Screenplay. Uh, in 2000, the film was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Boy, is that, ain't that the truth. This movie is a must-watch movie for my fellow Americans, in my humble opinion. It will help illustrate to you how absurd your beliefs and worldviews are if 100% of the news and information that you listen to about this world comes from one of the big five big media conglomerate companies, corporations that are all owned by the same hedge funds. Turns out 
your Vanguard, your BlackRock, your State Street. Oh yeah, people. Companies owning other companies that own other companies. We're going to get into this stuff today, people. I'm going to I'm going to play some clips. We're going to we're going to learn together, okay? So, here we go. Let's let's uh, read the plot to the moving network, okay? Howard Beale, longtime evening newscaster for the Union Broadcasting System, UBS, learns from friend and news division president Max Schumacher that Beale has just two more weeks on the air because of declining ratings. The two commiserate and drunkenly lament the state of their industry. The following night, Beale announces on live television that he will commit suicide on next Tuesday's broadcast. UBS immediately tries to fire him after this incident, but Schumacher intervenes so that Beale can have a dignified farewell. Beale promises to apologize for his outburst, but once on the air, he launches into a rant about life being bullshit. Beale's outburst causes ratings to spike, and much to Schumacher's dismay. The UBS upper echelons decide to exploit the situation rather than downplay it. Why? Because they saw a spike in ratings because of this guy's behavior, Howard Beale. When Beale's ratings seemed to be seemed to have topped out, Programming chief Diana Christensen reaches out to Schumacher with an offer to help develop, quote-unquote, the show. He declines the professional proposal but accepts a more personal pitch from Christensen about the two, and the two begin an affair. Okay, so she's they're hooking up. Okay, so that's more layers to the drama. But think about the point here. It took this guy who was just doing the news to start freaking out and having outbursts in order for them to have an increase in the ratings, people. Real news isn't going to have high ratings. It's not, you know, unless you sensationalize it, dramatize it, over-dramatize it, make it, you know, shock jock radio what like what howard stern did to radio right you almost have to bring in this quality of you know fantasy make believe in authenticity being inauthentic you know blowing things out of proportion trying to elicit a emotional response from the viewer Okay, that's what this movie talks about. No wonder they put it in the Library of Congress in the, you know, whatever the thing was called, the National Film Registry, okay? Because it's a very important message, people. Okay, so here we go. Christensen and uh, Beale develop... uh, a personal relationship. They begin to have an affair. When Schumacher decides... To end Beale's angry man format, which is what happens. He ends up being this pissed off guy. And Christensen persuades her boss, Frank Hackett, to slot the evening news show under the entertainment programming division banner so she can develop it. 
think about that. Talk about predictive programming, people. <laughs> Hackett agrees, bullying, bullying the UBS executives to consent and fire Schumacher. In one impassable diatribe, Beal galvanizes the nation, persuading viewers to shout, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore from their windows. Soon afterward, Beale is hosting a new program called The Howard Beale Show, top billed as the mad prophet of the airwaves. Ultimately, the show becomes the most highly rated program on TV, and Beale finds new celebrity preaching his angry message in front of a live studio audience that on cue chants his signature catchphrase and mass. We're as mad as hell, and we're not going to take this anymore. Max and Diana's romance withers as the show flourishes, but in the flush of high ratings, the two ultimately find their way back together, and Schumacher leaves his wife of 25 years for Christensen. Interesting. Or, I'm sorry, Christensen had the relationship with Schumacher, not Beale. My fault. Christensen, seeking just one hit show, cuts a deal with a band of terrorists called the Ecumenical Liberation Army, the ELA, for a new docudrama series called Mao Zedong, The Mao Zedong Hour for the upcoming fall season, for which this Ecumenical Liberation Army will provide exclusive footage of their activities. Ooh. Her liaison, the Communist Party of the United States of America, Representative Laureen Hobbs, initially objects to the promotion of violent terrorism, believing Americans are not yet ready for open revolt, and that the ELA will harm left-wing causes in America, but relents after Christensen promises her total editorial control of the weekly primetime TV program. People, does art imitate life, or is it life that imitates art? <laughs> when Beale discovers the Communications Corporation of America, the conglomerate parent company of UBS, will be bought out by an even larger Saudi conglomerate, he launches an on-screen tirade against the deal and urges viewers to pressure the White House to stop it. This panics top network brass because UBS's debt load has made the merger essential for its survival. Beale meets with the CCA chairman, Arthur Jensen, who explicates his own corporate cosmology to Beale, describing the interrelatedness of the participants in the international economy and the illusory nature of nationality distinctions. Jensen persuades Beale to abandon his populist message and preach his new evangelical, quote-unquote, message. Christensen's fanatical devotion to her job and emotional emptiness ultimately drive Schumacher away and back to his wife, and he warns his former lover that she will self-destruct if, if she continues running her career at its current pace. Audiences find Beale's sermon on the dehumanization of society depressing and ratings start to slip. When he starts speaking the truth, people, the ratings start to slip. Keep that in mind. When thinking about this fictitious story, 
world, the show, and what's happening in the real world today in the year 2022 here in the 21st century. And think about that Andy Warhol quote, does life imitate art is it, or is it art that imitates life? Is this, was this movie predictive programming? I mean, the overlap is just undeniable, people. When you think about this 1976 fictitious TV station and how it ended up operating, and you compare it to modern-day American news sources and outlets and thinking about how they operate. Ever since the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Politicians funding uh, terrorist groups. Ending up promoting violent terrorism in order to get the ratings up. And they warned, oh, we don't want to do that on the news yet because Americans are not ready for open revolt quote-unquote, well, what if the American citizens were ready for open revolt? Is it the TV that's helping them get to that frame of mind? In the previous podcast, I talked about how effective propaganda is these days, people, and how they can literally create states within you, and then you will react to those, and you will effectively have been radicalized by the official political ruling class, ruling party, corporate message. They can create peaks and valleys in the market through their media and through their media manipulation. They can motivate you, my fellow Americans, into taking action, into believing absurdities, that are going to be the catalyst for you to maybe possibly go out into your community and into your society and commit atrocities. And this movie helps illustrate that point quite well. And here, let me finish this. Audiences find Beale's new sermons on the dehumanization of society depressing and the ratings start to slip, yet Jensen will not allow UBS to fire Beale despite uh, protestations from Hackett, who fears a loss of ad revenue, <laughs> and Hobbs, who fears that Beale's slipping ratings will harm viewer n- numbers for the Mao Tongue Hour. <laughs> Provided to you by the Communist Party of the United States. Seeing it's two for the price of one value. Solving the Beal problem plus sparking a boost in season opener ratings. Christensen, Hackett, and the other executives decide to hire the ELA to assassinate Beal on the air. The assassination succeeds putting an end to the Howard Beale show and kicking off a second season of the Mao Zedong Hour. Think about that, people. In order to solve their money problems, this mainstream media news outlet hired a terrorist group to assassinate 
the anchor that they wanted to get rid of in favor of a communist sympathizer TV show funded by a terror and created by a terrorist organization, the Ecumenical Liberation Army. <laughs> and now private armies are getting in bed with big business, big corporations, and big government in this fictitious world. And they basically stage a false flag, which is was filmed live on the air, and the people thought it was bullshit, but no, really, this guy got popped. Where does fantasy become reality, right? So, my fellow Americans, go get on your computers or get on your whatevers and look up the movie Network from 1976 and watch that movie from beginning to end. And here, I want to play a clip right now from that movie that helps illustrate one of my always consistent points here on the show very well. Pay very close attention to what this guy's sensationalized diatribe when he goes off on the live TV and the ratings spike on this show. And he repetitively tells these people, go to your window, stick your head out your window, and scream, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And all these people... What do you think they do? You think they're going to just sit there and watch it and know in their heart of hearts that this guy's losing his mind and that this isn't real? This is some sensationalized TV program that I shouldn't put any belief or stock or faith in. Yet, what do the people do? They go out to the windows, they stick their heads out, and they start screaming at the top of their lungs, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And what that illustrates is my always consistent point on this show, people, that you are a human being and propaganda and media manipulation works on even those of you, those of us, even myself included, who are aware of these tactics. It's still effective. And it still occurs with you being unaware of it. Unbeknownst to you, the propaganda is that deep and effective. The socialist um, subversion plan, Yuri Bezmenov, is so overwhelming and complete that I can show you facts and evidence and the average person still will not believe it. The brainwashing, manipulation of the mind, and indoctrination is too overwhelming and complete. Take a listen to this clip from the 1976 film Network. Howard, I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. 
They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Sit up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations does this go out I know it goes to Louisville and Atlanta. I'm not going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the depression and the inflation and the oil crisis. But first, get up out of your chairs, open the window, stick your head out and yell, and say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Who are you talking talking to her. Are they yelling in Atlanta, Herb? Are they yelling in Atlanta, Ted? But first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. They're yelling in Baton Rouge. God damn it. Get up, get up, get up out of your Son of a bitch! We struck the mother low. Stick your head out of the window, open it, and stick your head out and keep yelling and yell, I'm as mad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. Just get up from your chairs right now. Go to Where the window. Where are you going? I want to see if anybody's yelling. Open it and stick your head out and yell and keep yelling. I'm hell and you're just not going to take it anymore because that's how you really feel deep down inside or is it because your TV news anchor on your TV screen told you you should be mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore Just go out to your window.
open your window and scream it to the world. I'm mad as hell. And I'm not going to take it anymore. Feels good, doesn't it? You know why? Because you're a human being. It feels good to get that release, that dopamine hit, right? And you know what? Everybody else is doing it. So you know what? I'm going to do it. Never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. There's a book out there called Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And I'm going to talk about that book in a future episode, but I just wanted to plant the seed today. Maybe I'll watch it grow. Maybe some of my listeners will go pick that book up just from the title itself. Because <laughs> you know what I talk about on this podcast quite a bit, people? Extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds. Remember when George Carlin said that I love meeting people, individuals? You meet, you meet someone, you have a conversation with them one-on-one, you can see the entire universe in their eyes, right? But as soon as human beings start to group, start to clot, start sacrifi- sacrificing the, the purity of the individual for the sake of the group, that's when problems start to form, right? George Carlin was a prophet, people. George Orwell, prophet. Aldous Huxley, prophet. Is there something to the esoteric societies of this country, of this world? Uh, yeah. You should probably get into it. Prophecy exists for many, many reasons, people. And prophecy comes in many, many forms, religious and otherwise. Your your prophecy doesn't have to come from religion, people. It can come from human beings. Some people make the argument that religion comes from human beings. (laughs) I'm not, but I'm not, you know, you know where I stand. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm here to entertain you. I'm here to provide information. I'm here to give you perspective. I'm here to read between the lines, to pull back the veil, to uncover realities that you may not so easily find in this over-dramatized, sensationalized, blown, way out of proportion, digital 21st century big tech world that is upon us. It's a brave new... Uh, get up, say it with me. Here comes Andrew for America's repetition. People, it's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state order. Totalitarian dictatorship. That is upon us. If I've said it once, 
I've said it a million times. And the reason why I continue to hammer this shit home in the ears and in the minds of my listeners is because people, how are we going to fix it if we're not aware of it? The first step in solving any problem is recognizing that there is one. Remember that from the newsroom TV show, HBO? Jeff Daniels' character, Will McAvoy, one of my favorites. You can't solve a problem until you identify that a problem exists. And people, my fellow Americans, a problem fucking exists with our big five, big hedge fund owned corporate conglomerate mainstream media networks i'm gonna take a break and when i come back i got some more awesome informative entertaining clips for you for me for all of us here on the politics and punk rock podcast look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, people, welcome back to the show. So this this next clip that I'm going to play for you guys is uh, from the Tim Pool Show. Uh, you guys know Ian. Ian from the Tim, Tim Pool Show is one of his uh, consistent uh, co-podcasters, uh, co-anchors, whatever you want to call him, co-sidekick, Tim Pool sidekick on the show. And... Speaking of the big funds that run the big corporations and the business, you know, the companies owning companies, owning companies that control this fucking world, basically. Uh, Ian hits this little clip out of the park. And I really enjoyed this. And it gave me a lot of perspective. So I hope you guys... Uh, have the same experience. Here we go. Here's Ian from the Tim Pool Show. ...problem that we have, or this liberal economic order-ish problem. I looked up uh, American Express and who owns it. Let's do some math. So Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street own about 17% of, of American Express. But Berkshire Hathaway owns 20% of American Express. Okay. Who owns Berkshire Hathaway? Oh, 20% of Berkshire Hathaway is owned by Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. Huh. So they own companies that own companies that they also own so that's not sketchy no that's uh that seems perfectly it's totally normal. normal it's beyond american democracy it's beyond liberal and and conservative at this point it's an economic overthrow it's it's they've been doing it so subtly but it's so obvious now yeah i just don't know who they are the well, ceos of these companies maybe look look them up it goes beyond it's it's beyond the front man you need to do a deep dive ian 
Where's the yeah. money at? What's up? What's up with the Panama Papers? Oh, there you let's go. Let's blow them open. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's you know the the Panama Papers uh, were pretty explosive. Let's blow them open. Ian says, "All these funds own these companies. They're all in bed with each other. You don't think they're dictating policy? You don't think they're controlling the world? You don't think they're planning?" Carrying out their plan for the world. Where have you heard that before? People, I've been over it. I don't know what more I need to provide. This shit is happening in the world that you and I live in together. You can't run and hide from it. You better face it. You better embrace it. Because if we don't... People, the power the media has over the power that the media has over your mind, if you just flip the switch and associated the mainstream media with your enemy and started focusing on your fellow brothers and sisters, your fellow human beings in your community as your friends, it could be a game changer. I don't understand how hard it is to see. That the media is not your friend. They're not telling you the truth. They're not giving you objective journalism. Real news reporting the truth results in low ratings. Nobody wants to know the truth. They want a fiction to be told to them that they will accept Nietzsche, people don't want the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Better think about that, people. (laughs) Lots of wisdom in that quote. And speaking of wisdom... Uh, Tim Poole himself uh, read this little part on his show recently about George Orwell, and I found this to be quite interesting uh, as well. So take a listen to this. Frustrates me about the Orwell quote stuff, though, is whenever you do it, they pull up his fictional writing. And I'm like, no, no, no. Tell me about the man and his recollections of history and observations. So this is one of his greater quotes. He said, Early in life, I had noticed that no event is ever correctly reported in a newspaper. Mm. But in Spain, for the first time, I saw newspaper reports which did not bear any relation to the facts, not even the relationship which, which is implied in an ordinary lie. I saw great battles reported where there had been no fighting and complete silence where hundreds of men had been killed. I saw troops who had fought bravely denounced as cowards and traitors and others who had never seen a shot fired hailed as, as the heroes of imaginary victories. And I saw newspapers in London retailing these lies and eager intellectuals building emotional superstructures over events that had never happened. I saw, in fact, history being written not in terms of what happened, but what ought to have happened according to various party lines. Stories written about what ought to have happened. Who gets to decide what should and shouldn't happen in the real world? Ian said, you know, it's not about liberal conservative anymore. It's about this economic overthrow. 
the big club is just pushing out the middle class. They're buying up everything. They're lying to you about what's going on through their media. They're throwing us overboard. And I'm going to read you guys the lyrics to one of my songs, American, I'm sorry, America, The Masquerade, later on in the show today, because the lyrics to this song, to that song, reminds me a lot about what's going on right now. Maybe that was one of my prophecies, I don't know, but I feel like I've seen this stuff coming for a long time. We'll get to it. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, look, today my administration issued renewed warnings that, based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. As I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential, and it's coming. The federal government is doing its part to get ready. But under U.S. law, as you all remember, the private sector, all of you, largely decides the protections that is, you will or will not take. Right there, my fellow Americans, that was your President Biden, obviously, trying to tell you <laughs> about that, you know, any society that would trade its liberty for security deserves neither liberty nor security, Ben Franklin, right? He just said, you know, it's you and I that decide the level of security we're going to take or the level of involvement or whatever. People. And isn't it interesting and eerie when I played that clip from the network earlier where they're talking about inflation and the threat of Russia back in this fictitious world of 1976? I mean, the movie was made in 1976, but... It just, I mean, it speaks directly to the whole predictive programming argument. Here we are talking about the same things in 2022. Interesting, don't you think? Is there some type of, you know, magic going on? Good versus evil, right? Something's happening. I'm just trying to point it out. Our president, Joe Biden, is talking about cyber attacks from Russia. They're trying to demonize Russia even more. It's part of their mainstream left-wing narrative, I guess. Some people would say. And it's like they're picking a fight. It's like they're trying to instigate. Klaus Schwab. Remember when Klaus Schwab was talking about the next big thing's going to be a cyber attack, people. You better start prepping. <laughs> now Joe Biden's talking about it in this interesting clip. And then you know what else this guy went and said? You ain't going to believe it, people. And I saw this clip <laughs> uh, from Ryan Dean and the Dangerous World podcast. And I got to play it for you. Later on in this little speech Biden gave, where he's talking about all this crap, he goes on to say this. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's going to be a new world order out there. 
And now is the time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there. Uh, yeah, gulp. Uh, now Biden's talking about the new world order again, people. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I, I would people. I wish I was making it up. I really do. I wish I was making all this shit up. But it just turns out that I'm not. It just turns out that I am observing the world that I live in and I am reporting on it here on my podcast. Believe it or not, I don't really care. I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm not trying to tell you what to feel. But people, the clips I'm playing on the show are from the past. They're from reality. Some of them are from the present time. A couple days ago. I'm not lying to you. I don't have any hidden agendas. I want to be armed with the ammunition of knowledge, of awareness. So that I can be fully prepared for the realities of this world. Should things go south and the reality strikes that now I'm going to live in a hyperinflated economy, scarcity world, austerity world, Mad Max, right? <laughs> world. Welcome to Thunderdome, bitches, right? <laughs> I mean, was it an Einstein quote? I can't remember who said it. I can't, you know, I don't know what weapons World War III is going to be fought with, but I, I do know that World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. People, we live in the 21st century where the American government uh, and their allies in NATO are trying to pick a fight with Russia, who behind our backs are buying energy, oil from China, not with the American dollar. Uh, some would say that they're trying to go off uh, the American dollar as the world reserve currency. And me and Sam Winchester are getting ready to talk about currency and inflation and what's happening to the money here in a future podcast. But that's your president, Biden, right there, people. If you can't see the connection between big government, the current ruling class, uh, heads of state, administrations that pull all the levers and make all the important decisions, if you can't see how democracy is a thing of the past and you are living in a corporate wealthy rule by the rich and powerful oligarchy unfolding, before your very eyes in modern day America. If you can't see it, I don't know what more I need to provide. Go back and listen to this podcast from episode one up until today, which just so happens to be episode 90. Yeah. I made it to episode 90, people. 
it's amazing how far you can go and you just run your mouth uh, and try to explain to others what you have taken it upon yourself to learn and read and research for your own edification. I'd rather know than not know. It's just the kind of person I am. I know what people are capable of because I have accomplished great feats in my day. And I don't like excuses. I like solutions. I think that was John Taffer. <laughs> I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. I love that. People, people are waking up and they're simultaneously losing their minds. Losing their fucking marbles everywhere. I see it out in everyday society, every day, all the time now. People don't know how to be social anymore. They don't know how to not live in fear. The Stockholm Syndrome is starting to win out over the Dunning-Kruger effect, I think. I think we were living in a world, in a, in a decade of... Everybody thought so highly of themselves. Narcissism is at an all-time high. That's for sure. People are so into themselves, so self-righteous, so holier than thou. And you know what? Maybe it's going to take a little scarcity, a little inflating of the currency, a little loss of standard of living for them to wake up and realize that you better start getting into politics before politics starts getting into you, especially into your pocketbook, robbing you of your buying power, robbing you of your retirement. I've been over it. I wish I was wrong. I wish I was kidding. I wish I was making this shit up. It just turns out, my fellow Americans, that I'm not. This is the reality. This is the way it is. You gotta wake up. You gotta grow up. You gotta face hard truths about yourself and about the world around you. You need to be open minded. You need to be cooperative. You need to be tolerant and accepting of others, unlike you. If you want to find progress, <laughs> quote-unquote. If you feel progressive, <laughs> if you will. Without struggle, there is no progress. We cannot learn without pain. But we shall overcome. Human beings are very resilient creatures. Let's get smart. And speaking of the economy, <laughs> I got a clip I want to play for you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, take a listen to this very intelligent woman Describe 
an ideal economy. Here we go. I am for an absolute, laissez-faire, free, unregulated economy. Let me put it briefly. I'm for the separation of state and economics, just as we had separation of state and church, which led to peaceful coexistence among different religions after a period of religious wars. So the same applies to economics. If you separate the government from economics, if you do not regulate production and trade, you will have peaceful cooperation and harmony and justice among men. Perhaps. Perhaps that's true. Perhaps that's a good idea we should explore. The separation of state and the economy. Why should a government that we elect to be our representatives get to have more power over us than we have over them? You ever think about that? Have you ever actually read the founding documents of this country? The Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, etc. People, do you even know what we're fighting for? Do you even know what your, your rebellious cause is all about? You know, we, we better start learning our history. We better start learning about money and the economy and what inflation does and how they're just robbing us blind. You know, they don't care about us, people. They don't give a fuck about you. The powers that be, the ruling class, the aristocracy, the big club. George Carlin was right. They got us by the balls and they don't give a fuck about us. And that's why that message doesn't sell on the mainstream media. Because it's the truth. And people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want their illusions destroyed. People, go watch the movie Network from 1976. It is an American classic. I highly, highly recommend it. And people, let's turn up the optimism and the fun. Let's move on. It's time. Here we go once again on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast to play some punk rock. people welcome back uh before we get to some punk rock uh i just want to kind of sum up what i've been talking about today on the show uh just some final thoughts some parting thoughts that i want you to think about uh in the meantime between now and uh the next episode i played for you that clip earlier about um President Biden talking about cyber attacks and 
oh, we got to be careful of Russia. Their cyber attack capability is, uh, you know, extensive and they're light years ahead of us and blah, 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 right? Where have I heard warnings about cyber attacks recently? Hmm. Biden's talking about cyber attacks and then he brings up the new world order. Oh, it's a coming. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, now I remember. Take a listen to some more brainwashing, mind manipulation, predictive programming. Put it all together, people. Connect the dots. It's not that hard to see. Take a listen to this. We are learning more about two new cyber attacks that have targeted U.S. infrastructure. The Biden administration is urging businesses to act now, saying no company is safe from hackers. New ransomware attack, this time on the U.S. beef supply. Ransomware attacks have become routine, hitting everything from groceries to gas, hospitals to transportation to local government. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. It appears to be part of a strategy to target our daily life. Okay, people, so why am I bringing all this up? What's the theme of the show today? Can you guys tell what I'm trying to point to? Biden, Klaus Schwab, and all the mainstream media companies are selling you the future. Cyber attacks leading to scarcity, leading to austerity, leading to... Your standard of living is going away. Klaus Schwab says privacy is going away and that you're going to own nothing and you're going to enjoy it, allegedly. <laughs> People, I wish it was conspiracy theory. I wish it was fantasy. It turns out it's just not. And you know what? My point is with all this cyber attacks and Russia and media manipulation and the movie Network and the movie Wag the Dog and this small group of people pulling the strings behind the scenes, controlling all of this world, the companies, the governments, the multinational corporations, the, in, the big endowments, the colleges, the Ivy League schools. They got us by the balls, people. You can't run and hide from it. This is the world that you and I live in here in the 21st century. And what's going on in the 21st century right now that I want you to think about with regard to media manipulation, mind control, the World Economic Forum, the big club, the New World Order, and uh, the warnings of future cyber attacks. People, I'm pointing to Ukraine, obviously. I want you to consider the possibility that what is going on in Ukraine is privatized, fabricated, funded, coordinated, orchestrated, planned, premeditated, 
on purpose, controlling the conflict, controlling both sides so that you can control the outcome. And what's the outcome, people? Chances are we're going back to the Stone Age and they're going to cyber attack us and all our tech's going to go away. You can't get to work because you can't can't drive. You better start learning how to prep people. You better start learning how to farm. (laughs) You better start getting ready to go back to hunter-gatherer societies. A return to our past. A return to our roots. And some would say a return to real, true humanity. We shall see. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all this stuff adds up, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm a crazy tinfoil hat wearing nut job conspiracy theorist, right? <laughs> maybe. But then again, maybe not. Once upon a time, I wrote a song called America the Masquerade. And the theme of this song was kind of, um, how do I say this? Uh, I wanted to portray uh, someone not from the United States who wants to come to the United States coming here with all of their aspirations and their big lofty goals and their hope for a new, better life. But once they get here to America, they discover the reality, the dark side, the shitty parts of America. And I try to explain this plan for the world that the big club has in this song. And I've kind of been talking about it on the show today. And honestly, I've been talking about it ever since episode one, really. I don't have an audio version of the song that I want to play for you. So I'm just going to read the lyrics to you. Because I think they pertain to the subject matter today, and I think that you will enjoy them. I think I've already read these on a previous podcast. I can't remember, but I think I may have, so if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. Just fast forward through this part. A song called America the Masquerade by yours truly, Andrew for America. Welcome, buddy. What's your name? Welcome to Fortune and Fame. We'll make all your dreams come true. And this is all you have to do. Just live in poverty and shame and take these pills to kill the pain. What else could anybody ever ask for? America the Masquerade. The nonstop thrill ride escapade has got you thinking everything's all right. But something isn't right. We're breaking bones and taking names. Ruining lives and taking aim on anything if it gets in our way. The good old USA. Something really has to change. These corporations keep you slaves. I know that you don't want to hear Cause Uncle Sam keeps you in fear. Afraid to think. Afraid to share. Afraid to learn. 
afraid to care. What else could anybody ever ask for? America, the masquerade, the nonstop thrill ride escapade has got you thinking everything's all right, but something isn't right. We're burning homes and taking names, ruining lives and taking aim on anything if it gets in our way. The good old USA. This is how it all begins. And this is how it all will end. You'll be a number and not a name. And everyone will be the same. The goal is keeping you all fools to fill that low-wage labor pool. Throw overboard the working man, then set their sights on foreign lands. It won't be long before we all are holding out our hands. My fellow Americans, you'll be a number and not a name, and everyone will be the same. This has been episode 90 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt or donate to the show. Send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. If you're a band who wants some exposure and wants me to play your stuff on the show, or if you have some ideas for some content on my show, or you want to be a guest on my show, and come on and tell me how much of an incorrect, wrong, dipshit, moron, imbecile, conspiracy, nut job I am. <laughs> Try to stay positive. Try to keep the faith out there, people. I know it's tough sometimes, but what choice do we have? You can't go down the road of negativity and malevolence. You can't go down the road of giving up and being a coward little bitch. You got to be strong. You got to be tough. You got to persevere. You got to survive. You got to adapt. You got to overcome. And I know you can do it. We can all do it. And I want you to do it. For me, for you, for all of us. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 9 of the Politics and Cyber attacks, media manipulation, and predictive programming. We'll see you next time. And people, really quick, go check out how many companies are headquartered in Kiev, Ukraine. And then go find out how many of those thousands of companies that are headquartered in Ukraine are under the umbrella of BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. People, I'm not making 
this shit up. So long. See you next time.